Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Seven words that'll scare any politician. Roy Green is holding on line one. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network continues. Reading from uh, the Atlantic magazine, uh, under instructions from UK Prime Minister David Cameron, economist Jim O'Neill has spent the last two years looking into the problem of drug-resistant infections, bacteria and other microbes that have become impervious to antibiotics. In that time, he estimates that a million people have died from such infections. By 2050, he thinks that 10 million will die every year. Here's another paragraph, a few lines, then we'll talk to our guest. The report's language is sober, but its numbers are apocalyptic. If antibiotics continue to lose their sting, resistant infections will sap $100 trillion from the world economy between now and 2050, the equivalent to $10,000 for every person alive today. 10 million people will die every year, roughly one every three seconds, and more than currently die from cancer. These are conservative estimates. They don't account for procedures that are only safe or possible because of antibiotics like hip and joint replacements, gut surgeries, C-sections, cancer chemotherapy, and organ transplants. This is really, really serious business. And according to the uh, English Medical Officer of Health, it could be the end of modern medicine as we know it. Now, we've been talking to Jason Tetro, the germ guy, about this particular development, and Jason is back with us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network to uh, get into this some more. And uh, this is a this is a developing, hugely concerning issue. You've known about it for a long time, Jason, but for the general public, this is a serious, serious wake up call. Yeah, that, that's I think that's the big issue right now is um, things that people like myself in the microbiology and infection control world have known about for you know over two decades it's finally becoming real out in the public and as a result of that um, the numbers may seem incredibly apocalyptic uh, but what's interesting is that over the last 20 years those numbers have actually grown to this level so back in the 1990s we were only looking at maybe um, one million people dying uh, by 2030 uh, every year, and only approximately, you know, um, 100 billion uh, in, in terms of cost. And so that's been growing and growing simply because very little has been done to stop 
uh, this progression of antimicrobial resistance. Why? Why has so little been done? Well, it really comes down to one problem, and that is you cannot regulate how a doctor treats a patient, and as a result of that, we continually see how antibiotics get used or misused um, in, in common practice. And that's really the problem that we've been seeing. You can't regulate how uh, pharmaceutical companies manufacture antibiotics. Um, and, and, you know, a, a perfect point is in India, we have literally antibiotic-resistant lakes because of the runoff from the pharmaceutical developments. So the problem really comes down to the fact that no matter what institution you're looking at, whether it be the World Health Organization, the Government of Canada, or, um, you know, I'm in Toronto, so the province of Ontario and the city of Toronto, they can only offer guidelines. They can't create laws in order for treatment to happen. Is it too late? Well, in terms of antibiotics themselves, um, what we've been seeing since the 1940s, yeah. Um, it, it, it's eventually going to run out and we need to start exploring new avenues. And, you know, there are these global action plans that come from the World Health Organization or, or pan-national plans from Canada. And what these are doing is trying to find out ways that we can use alternatives to antibiotics so that we don't have to rely on them uh, in, in the near future. But if we look at uh, the next 13 years, would you say the report that was commissioned for David Cameron when he was Prime Minister of the UK last year, it's hard to believe that it was still last year, but it, but it was commissioned last year. Do you believe those numbers uh, are, are, are reasonable and could even get worse? Well, there is one contingency that uh, Lord Jim O'Neill did put into the document, and that is that the rate of antibiotic-resistant infections in the public has to mirror what is going on in hospitals and healthcare facilities. We're not at that point yet, but I can tell you one thing. In one case, uh, a bug that you've probably heard of, Clostridium difficile, um, yes. the one that's in the gut and, yes. and affects many people, yeah. they looked at that back in 1980, and they were seeing that the potential for community levels of infection could match hospitals very quickly um, simply because people just were not aware, and they were also being sent home with these microbes that could resist, and they were spreading them to others. Mm -hmm. And that was in 1980. So what Lord O'Neill was essentially saying is, we haven't gotten there yet, but we already know that it could happen, and that's why his numbers are valid. We just have to be sure that we can, you know, prove him wrong, if you will. I want to ask you as well, in the two and a half minutes we have left, about a nasty little bugger known as a, 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 the bed bug. <laughs> yes. There was a story about a family flying on a commercial airliner. They noticed something's crawling around in the creases of the seat in front of them. Mm -hmm. And by the time they got off the plane, they had lots of bites, and there were the bed bugs. Yeah. Bed bugs, um, that's another possible pandemic uh, because they, they have been sort of increasing in their prevalence all over. Seeing them on an airplane, very rare. And there's something that's called uh, disinfection, which means getting rid of insects. Uh, many of the airlines will do that, but sometimes an airline will miss out on the 24-hour process, and so this could potentially happen. And as we know, bed bugs are in hotels. 
they'll they'll get into your carry-on luggage. They'll then get into the um, seat pockets. If it's dark and it's dry, they're going to grow and live and have a great time. You know what I do with my luggage when I'm at a hotel? I put it I put it in the shower and close the glass door. That's a really great idea. I've never actually done that. <laughs> I, I can't claim that it was mine originally. I read that somewhere as a, as a, uh, a response to the big bed bug threat. Yeah. So I thought that makes sense. So yeah. I just took my bags and I put them in the shower and closed the door. And that's a fantastic idea. Yeah. Yeah. For me, what I do is I usually find the, the most openly visible area where I can actually see everything, and that's usually where I'm putting it. And you, it's above ground. Uh, but I, I do my best never to put my uh, my bags on the bed itself because, of course, they're called bed bugs, right? That's right. That's what they are. I know. And, and they're serious. It's not, not something, anything to laugh at. It's a serious issue. Well, it is a serious issue. And we have seen, especially in places like Vancouver, where bed bugs could potentially be carrying antimicrobial-resistant bacteria, to go back to the original story. Mm-hmm. So the idea is um, if you see them notify people so that they the distance uh, they can be removed uh properly and then we don't have to worry about it all right the books are germ code and germ files and they're by jason tetro the the germ guy <laughs> and um yeah he's online as well always always a pleasure to talk to you jason oh it's such a pleasure we'll be talking again soon i'm sure uh, i'm sure take care bye jason tetro be aware antibiotics Not as effective as they were, and it's going to get worse. Scott Newark will be with us when we come back, and we're going to talk about a man who, an extremely violent individual, he was in prison. He was coming up to be let go because he'd served his full time. He told the parole board, look, better you keep me in. And they put him out. And now there's a 14-year-old who's lost her life. And uh, Raymond Casey's back in prison. It's a BC story. Scott Newark will join us on that in just a minute.